welcome to this podcast from the Pod Academy. In this podcast, we hear about slang, what it is, how it's used, where it comes from, and what words are being used as part of our everyday language. My name is Tony Thorne. I'm a language consultant at King's College London. I'm also the author of the Bloomsbury Dictionary of Contemporary Slang. So I, I collect slang, but I also collect other forms of new language, um, media speak, jargon. Um, I'm very interested in language development, language change, and new new words. And uh, try and collect it, try and keep track of it, which is difficult enough, and also try to analyse and explain to perhaps not a non-academic audience what that kind of research into language is revealing. Slang should be something that's easy to define because most people think they know it when they hear it or see it. But in fact, um, I've been to several conferences um, and there have been many others over the years and no one has ever come up with a really satisfactory definition of slang. You can say things that are true about slang, but it's very difficult to define it. One of the things is it's uh, one of the most informal types of language, one of the most informal varieties of language. Also, I think slang by definition is always subversive or or naughty or deviant or it pretends to be those things. So it has to be um, new language, exotic language, controversial language and above all very informal language. As we know, all languages, probably at all times, have had uh, a slang element. The, the problem is that up until the really the 18th century, slang wasn't recorded. It was something that was, was marginal and taboo. Um, although even going back earlier than that, there are accounts and lists of the language, particularly of criminals, Beggars, criminals, tricksters, fraudsters, um, uh, tramps and homeless people, they invented their own language a very long time ago in English and in all other languages, as far as we can see. But it was only recorded. Um, the first slang dictionaries in English didn't uh, really come out until the 18th century. But it's something that's always been there. A very important part of slang is that it has this interesting dual function. It's to keep outsiders out, so you're speaking in a private or secret language because you don't want your activities to be obvious, maybe to parents, to the police, to law enforcement agencies, prison officers, uh, whoever it is. Um, At the same time, using this language makes you a member of a privileged secret minority or an elite Uh, so it's kind of excluding and including language nowadays of course you know slang for example might be used traditionally it was it was in enclosed communities like prisons public schools which would develop their own private language and rituals to go with the rituals nowadays it it can be much more widespread i mean obvious examples of slang used by young people on the internet where although it is a private language in one way millions of people are using it but it's still 
in order to exclude. Nowadays, it's not so much the authorities, but it's if you're cool, you possess it and speak it. And if you're not cool, you can't access it. So it still works in that same way. private group that's operating on the margins of mainstream society will develop a slang. So, you know, taxi drivers have their slang, soldiers, sailors um, have their slang, criminals have always had their slang. But I think the most, the, the most evident and perhaps the richest source of slang these days is what could be very roughly called young people. People actually between the ages of around 12 and about about 35 probably who seem to be the ones who are generating more new language more kind of um, funny funky exotic new language than the other other parts of society I don't know why it comes to mind just today I was looking at the word dint and uh, the word derp and the word dench dench means wonderful these are all you know probably a year or two old by now but they're still current um, the word moist, which is you know a word we all know, but it is it, it was until recently the most fashionable way of saying awful, terrible um, in youth speak. Um, uh, dint means someone who's either unattractive or stupid or embarrassing or all three of those things. And of course, a lot of slang is derp is a stupid person, der brain. Young kids use to mean someone who's really dumb. Um, I don't know why these you know these these sort of um, insults are coming to mind, but then Dench, apparently nothing to do with Judy Dame Judy Dench, but means wonderful, means great. Um, whereas Hench means tough and well built. So, of course, I'm saying these in the wrong accent because really, you know, when you speak you slang, like you should speak in a kind of multicultural kind of you know rhythm, not the way I speak, which is RP. You know, so um, so. I'm, but I can't do it. I'm much too old. I'm a baby boomer. I can collect this stuff, but I'm you know no longer down with the kids kind of thing. And it would be very embarrassing if I tried to be a thing. The slang words that I use are CBA, which means can't be asked, TBF, which means to be fair, butters, which means ugly or unattractive, whatevs, which means whatever, sick, which means really good or great, ofs, which means obviously, and mabes, which means maybe. My favourite is TBF. I don't think linguists or lexicographers like me have really worked out why certain words last. Um, words like, you know, cool is a very good example because it's, you know, hundred years old in this sense at least and it was actually used by some literary figures like that even earlier so and it's still it's still relatively cool there are other words of course that um, um, you've got to constantly reinvent this language especially for young people so that you're ahead of the the pack ahead of your time but cool a word like dosh meaning money uh, older people use it younger people use it it's been around since the 19th century it comes from dash meaning a bribe in african colonial times a word like shrink meaning a, a psychiatrist is you know very well established but somehow it's still slang it's not a correct word it's not a, a fully accepted word 
So um, interest, you get very interesting examples. One of, the, one of the most interesting for me is the word punk, which has changed its meaning. But originally it was used in the 17th century in Covent Garden, for example, to mean a dissolute or depraved woman or prostitute. Um, then it came to mean anyone who was sort of um, sleazy uh, or criminal. Then, of course, it was adopted as a label in the 1970s for the punk movement and the punk style. And now, of course, it's used to mean to punk someone, particularly in American slang, is to ridicule them or trick them. So the same word is still slang, and it's been slang for four or five hundred years, although it's mutated through different meanings. It's had two major influences, which, which I guess seem obvious, but, but it's worth, worth pointing them out, I think. One is it's actually produced new language because it's, um, new language is created to describe new behavior, new activities. So, um, you know, freaked when your Facebook um, page is hacked and you feel raped, you, so you say you're freaked. Um, a frenemy is a, a, a friend who's also an enemy. And these, these, are, these are sort of terms which have been invented to, di- to go with what people do with new media. So there is an element in which new media has, social media has, and all the, all the abbreviations, you know, the LOL, the OMG, all of this stuff, has been created by the medium. But the other thing, of course, which is obvious but crucial, is that social media and electronic media have enabled slang to spread. So it's no longer, you can't even tell, many times, you go to Urban Dictionary, which is um, a collection of mainly American, but, but English language slang from right across the Anglosphere. You can't often tell whether the person who's donated this slang term didn't is a good example. We don't know whether it was first Australian-American, North American, Canadian, US, or, or British, or, or Caribbean in that case. So the whole Anglosphere is generating and exchanging this language via social media. teachers, educators, and ordinary, you know, ordinary people, it's a horrible phrase, but um, I think are afraid that it's, it's damaging um, the ability, particularly of young people, to use standard language. Um, that's not true in such a simplistic sense. It's certainly true that in cer- it's all about what we call speech communities. Um, these are groups or niches of people who, who share a certain language, like a certain slang. There are some, especially people you know, who, who perhaps are homeless or have educational, are educationally disadvantaged, where when they use slang, it can undermine their ability to use standard English. But most of the young people, adults too, but the young people in particular that I've worked with, 
um, are pretty good at what we call code switching. That is knowing how to adapt their language to the context. So they don't use slang in a job interview. They don't use slang in an essay written formally at school. Um, uh, but they do use slang in the club, in the street, in the school playground. Most people have got that. Um, there's another, another jargon word which we use, which is appropriacy. It's a horrible word, but it's what linguists mean when they say, again, using the right language in the right context. Most people have a sense of appropriacy. taboo it's it's you it creeps into um all the media including newspapers magazines as well as online media so it's no longer forbidden um it's probably not forbidden in the home in many homes anymore and of course we've lost the authority figures who were able in the past to um proscribe the use of slang uh, you know i'm afraid it's a fact that people, especially young people, don't listen to the government or the police or teachers or parents and see them as a linguistic police or linguistic authority. They simply don't. They have their own domains in which they can communicate. And so certainly it's spread. Certainly it's more widespread. Certainly it isn't going to stop. Um, to, to go to the to take a completely contrary view. I completely understand people, especially older people and really old people, who um, feel uncomfortable with what's happening, not just with slang, but you know, with media speak, which, with the way newspapers use language, um, that they feel that they're losing control of something which is such an important part of their identity. They're seeing new language. and well, We make a, linguists again and writers and, and make a joke of this. I mean, there's a, there's a dictionary now of what's called granny slang, and there's words in there like gallivanting or bamboozling, which are words which young people think are slang, because they don't know what they mean. In fact, they're just old-fashioned colloquial language that would be used by the granny's generation. At the same time, um, Saga, the Saga group, developed a, a phone app for people over 50 um, with a whole list of, of team terms like bants and bang out and bang in and bait and bag someone out and bagamans to, you know, and explaining what these words mean to older people um, because they realise that older people might feel uncomfortable. In fact, of course, older people aren't going to hear that kind of language. It's street language. But there is a, an intergenerational difference and I, I do feel sympathy for people who worry about this language. I've got an answer, if, if it doesn't sound too glib and simplistic. I don't think there's any danger in slang existing as long as we talk about it and analyse it. So, you know, if I'm working with young people, I think they appreciate um, the chance to actually talk about it and analyse it as if it's a serious kind of language. And that, hopefully, makes them... 
more aware of how to use it and when to use it. And then equally, I've done work recently with, with older people, retired people. We often make a joke of it, but trying out um, youth language with them, explaining what it means, getting them to sit down with younger people and talk about the language they used when they were young. And when you get this kind of exchange, it promotes awareness. And I think people stop worrying quite so much then about the effect of slang. Thank you.